Well, good evening, and welcome to Voices of the Sacred Feminine, whether you are across town or across the globe. I'm your host, uh, Karen Tate, and uh, so glad to be with you uh, in this, my 11th year uh, as the hostess of the show, uh, where we try to uh, show what a large tent uh, the sacred feminine actually is, and uh, how many people out there we have that uh, actually embrace the ideals of the sacred feminine, even if they might not label it as so. And uh, we have a great show for you tonight. Uh, I have uh, returning to the show uh, Tanishka Tantrika. Uh, she has been here once before, and she's back again. Uh, she's best known as Facebook's Moon Woman, uh, with over half a million followers. Uh, you know of her daily guidance, and uh, tonight we're going to be uh, talking a bit about um, uh, goddess wisdom for uh, these global transition times. You know this time of transformation and. Uh, uh, you know, we are blazing a new trail, and uh, I think a lot of us have different pieces of the puzzle uh, to um, help us figure out uh, the path forward, and uh, I believe uh, Tanishka is one of these women, and um, I'm glad she's back to uh, share her wisdom with you. Uh, but I do want to mention, uh, before we get to uh, to Tanishka and our chat, um, I don't know whether you've noticed it, uh, but this month, um, the music I've been using, and a bit last month too, uh, I've been using a lot of the chants from Reclaiming's um, Campfire uh, chants um, uh, CD, and uh, I think they're really great. They're wonderful activist songs. Um, they're lots of fun when you get together and, uh, you know, chant them as a group. It really sort of gets the blood pumping. It gets uh, the adrenaline going, and, uh, you know, you you know really can feel uh, what it means to be connected, uh, to be you know, activists together, you know, fighting for a cause, um, and so many of us are, uh, you know, trying to change the world. So I would just encourage you, if, if you're looking for something like that for yourself, uh, for your circle, for your, you know, maybe even your larger community, uh, for something to bring them together, uh, go ahead and Google um, the Reclaiming Campfire Chants. Uh, you know, even listen to them online. There are lots of really good ones. Um, one of my favorites is called Weave and Spin. Uh, I think it goes Weave and Spin, Weave and Spin. Um, you know, that's how the action begins. And uh, Sweetwater is another one. But uh, tonight's uh, was called The Welcome Flame. Yes, The Welcome Flame. So, um, before we uh, get started uh, with our chat, um, there is someone I'd like to uh, have you hear from. Uh, you know, I don't know if all of you are, are aware, uh, way back when I uh, was doing more uh, priestessing work um, and less activism, and before I actually started writing books, um, I was ordained uh, by Lady Olivia Robertson. Uh, she invited me to Clonical Castle in Ireland, and uh, uh, she bestowed upon me the title of Emissary Priestess of Isis and Sacred Geography. 
because I had traveled so many uh, miles um, uh, chasing down sacred sites of goddess uh, across five continents, actually. And it you know, culminated in my first book, which is uh, Sacred Places of Goddess, 108 Destinations. Uh, but there's another woman who I would also call uh, a priestess of sacred geography, and uh, her name is Jo Corson. And uh, the documentary film and book she has out uh, is called uh, Dancing with Gaia. Uh, So give a listen here for a minute. Most people see humankind as really separate from nature and separate from the earth. I'm as much of this earth as a rock or a tree is. And I came out of it. This is my mother planet. I grew out of this earth. As long as we conceive of divinity as above us or outside of us, or that our bodies are somehow less divine than spirit, there's no way that we can change our course. Well, that was the trailer for uh, Dancing with Gaia, which is Joe Carson's uh, feature-length documentary film. Uh, in, in the uh, documentary, she interviews 15 visionaries and teachers about earth energy, sacred sexuality, and the return of goddesses Gaia. Well, Joe, uh, like myself, uh, she has traveled quite a bit. She's got a lot of miles under her belt, and she traveled to ancient sacred sites all over Europe and the Mediterranean uh, to shoot this wonderful and beautiful film. Uh, These spiritual sites from northern Scotland to central Turkey profoundly affected the origins of Western culture. If you've always wanted to see them yourself but haven't, uh, this is an opportunity to experience some of the best ones and get their story. The DVD comes packaged with a 45-page color mini-book, which goes even deeper into the material. Uh, You can buy the DVD and booklet for only $20. That is a real bargain. And sorry about that. Uh, And you can find that at um, her website, which is uh, dancingwithgaia.com, dancingwithgaia.com. And, you you know, so many of our sacred sites... Uh, I'm thinking about the ones in the Middle East. I have been luck- was lucky enough in the 90s to go to Egypt before thing- there was so much unrest and uh, to go to Turkey and uh, probably about 10 years ago when things were a little bit calmer there as well. Uh, you know, with so many of the sacred sites of goddess, um, you know, in lands of turmoil, um, you know, some of us, um, you know, maybe feel like we have to, uh, you know, we have to actually turn to uh, books and uh, documentaries like Joe's or uh, My Sacred Places of Goddess book uh, because it's, um, you know, maybe doesn't feel as safe uh, traveling there uh, as it once did. Uh, so at least, you know, you can go to these places and uh, read from people uh you know, who experienced it as a goddess advocate, Um, you know, because it is very different going to these places uh, with someone who's looking at these sites through the lens of goddess versus someone who's just looking at these sites, you know, through the lens, uh, you know, uh, uh, of the average tourist, for instance. 
so while I would wholly recommend uh, my own book, Sacred Places of Goddess, I equally uh, recommend Joe Carson's Dancing with Gaia uh, as well. It, uh, I have it on my shelf, and um, you know, it, it's always one that I recommend to people who are thinking about pilgrimage or um, maybe don't have the money for pilgrimage or maybe are just a little bit afraid to venture outside the United States. So, um, yeah, one more thing I, I want to uh, make mention before we get to Tanishka um, is if you stay with me after our interview, I have something very special uh, that I've written uh, that I'd like to read to you. It's uh, a prophecy of sorts uh, that I actually shared at um, a recent gathering that uh, I put together. Uh, I think you will enjoy it. Uh, you know, it's along, along the lines of uh, visioning the future, um, visioning what we would like to manifest. So, uh, you know, please stay with me uh, after Tanishka and I uh, have our chat. So um, I see she is on the switchboard, and um, uh, I have just unmuted her. But before uh, I actually ask her to jump in, let me introduce her to you. Um, a, a bit more uh, by way of her uh, her bio. Uh, as I've already said, uh, she's well known on Facebook. Uh, you know, she's Facebook's Moon Woman, and she has over half a million followers. Uh, folks who uh, don't start their day without her daily guidance. Uh, she's also a best-selling author of five books, and uh, she's taught sacred women's wisdom and practice for 20 years. She's trained women in 42 countries to facilitate red tents, and she's a leader in the global red tent movement. Now, some of you folks uh, may or may not know about the red tent movement. I've interviewed a lot of women uh, here on the show who uh, are part of that, and uh, you can find interviews about the red tent um, if you just go to my archives. Uh, Tanishka, she's uh, a former stand-up comedian as well, and uh, she's captivated audiences around the world by decoding the greatest mystery of all time, the Holy Grail, from the perspective of the sacred feminine. She also conducts numerous online courses. Uh, she does speaking tours, retreats, uh, teacher training, and sacred sites pilgrimages. So there's another uh, priestess of uh, sacred geography. Um, you know, I guess we all have a lot in common. In 2015, she created the 28-Day Happy Challenge, a not-for-profit project to raise funds, awareness, and support for women recovering from the trauma of human trafficking. What a worthy cause there. And then in addition to being a popular keynote speaker at conferences, summits, and uh, festivals online and around the world, she writes for numerous uh, magazines. Uh, her latest book, Goddess Wisdom, is due uh, for uh, worldwide release uh, with Hay House this month uh, in conjunction with her Goddess Wisdom online course. And I'm happy to say she uh, will be in my upcoming uh, anthology, Awaken the Feminine, and maybe we'll talk about that just a little bit. Uh, and she hails from uh, Melbourne uh, or Brisbane, Australia, which is, I believe, where she might be calling in from uh, right now. So, Tanishka, welcome to Voices of the Sacred Feminine. Thanks so much, and, and uh, lovely to be speaking to all your community. Thanks, Karen. Well, it's good to have you back, and uh, 
you know, this is a topic that uh, I think uh, deserves to be uh, talked about uh, uh, as many times as we can, you know, as long as we bring uh, fresh new ideas to the table uh, because we are in this global time of transition and we're all trying to figure out um, what that looks like, and we especially want to uh, make this a transition into something different, away from patriarchy, away from domination and exploitation. Uh, you know, we want it to be a transition to goddess ideals, to sacred feminine liberation uh, theology. And uh, you know, why don't why don't you jump in, uh, Tanishka, and 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 say you know beyond the obvious, you know, why do you feel goddess wisdom is uh, more needed now than ever before yeah well you know we're literally going through a breaking down process a huge global transition from one 2000 year age to the next so everything that we know is breaking down the old structures so that new ones can emerge and that means that individually we're all going through a personal breakdown if you think about you know a caterpillar in a chrysalis it literally dissolves to fluid so we're all being challenged on every level mentally emotionally physically energetically um, as our old paradigm our old ways of being and doing just aren't sustainable aren't working for us anymore so this is a time of extreme vulnerability and the ancient feminine wisdom practices and teachings are literally the, the, the healing balm that will help us to midwife ourselves and each other through this global rebirth. You know, the word midwife means with woman. So we're needing to show up and not just stand with the mother, you know, and we're seeing catalysts such as Standing Rock, you know, uh, calling us to galvanize as a people, calling us to be with the feminine, uh, which is the feminine in men as well as women. Um, you know, patriarchy needs to heal. It's not something we can fight. It's a healing process, and it's about embracing the feminine that has been so wounded and distorted within men and women, within our psyche, personally and collectively. So true. And, you know, some I hear some people say, um, you know, Tanishka, sometimes they say, well, you know, I hear people say that, but it feels like they're talking maybe in metaphor. Um, can you give maybe two or three concrete things that that would actually mean that maybe we do different in the world than we have been to uh, to live these ideals. Um, yeah, can you do that? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> happily. Look, I, I think you know the the most potent teachings come from experiential wisdom. So I'll speak from my own experience. I recently had shingles. And anybody that's had shingles, you will know it's like chicken pox on steroids and it's a real flag that your nervous system is saying, hey, you've got to do things differently. So, you know, I, like a lot of women, have felt um, angry um, and, and, you know, um, overwhelmed at the legacy of 5,000 years of patriarchy. And I noticed within myself what was causing that stress within my being was a deep 
deep-seated belief that girls aren't safe in our predatory culture. And this would lead me to overwork and undercharge and, you know, martyr myself for the cause. So I'm really, you know, learning um, this firsthand that really the best thing we can do to rebirth this new paradigm is to heal ourselves, is to honour our feminine uh, vulnerabilities and sensibilities and um, a, a specific um, uh, technique I suppose that I would advocate for women um, is the emotional freedom technique which you can access free online it's just simply tapping on the nervous um, acupressure points and as we do that releasing the old limiting beliefs such as the world isn't safe for the feminine or the feminine is oppressed. You know, the more we release these limiting beliefs out of our own subconscious, the more we free the collective consciousness of those beliefs. And it's those beliefs that undermine our effectiveness as a wave, a healing wave of um, conscious feminine energy. Okay. Well, and you know, you just said something that um, uh, that that I really resonate with, and I think I've only just realized. Oh, I don't know. Maybe since Trump became president, um, but you know, it's it really does feel like, even though uh, for us here in the United States, so many more women are up in arms and um, and motivated to resist. And, you know, maybe they feel like never before they have the motivation to do so. And I totally get that. Um, it, it seems strange, but I almost think, uh, and, and maybe, tell me if this makes sense to you, because it feels like maybe it's piggybacking on what you just said. I've had this strange sensation of rather than ratcheting up the angst, and ratcheting up the busy that I have sort of taken a breath and almost stepped back a little bit um, and sort of, you know, uh, while staying uh, aware and still participating, being very cautious about uh, how much I take on, uh, being... Uh, cautious about how I take things on, and by that I mean um, instead of focusing on the things I don't want, I think more about focusing on the things I would rather manifest, and that sort of helped my frame of mind too because it keeps me out of this angry, angst state. Um, does that make any sense? I mean, I wonder if this is yeah. sort of a, a um, an idea that's sort of floating out there in the cosmos, you know, like we're getting it through osmosis or something that the, um, you know, that we have to do this, but we have to be really careful not to burn ourselves out too. Yeah, look, you know, um, there's nothing wrong with being fierce and passionate. Um, however... At some point, we need to ask, how is this serving? You know, how is this serving me? How is this serving the cause? And um, I'd like to sort of point out the, the Disney film Moana that came out recently sums it up beautifully. We see the wounded feminine angry, you know, like the volcanic goddess Pele, but in a very destructive way. And what 
creates the shift and restores her is the healing of, of Gaia's heart. In other words, women's greatest power is when we lead from the heart. And what is the heart center? It's the place where we accept what is. We don't fight what is, which is going into the mind, going into duality. The heart instead goes, you know what? If this is happening, this is the divine plan unfolding. If Trump is in, he is the grain of sand creating the pearl. We should bless what is rather than go into fighting it, which creates inner conflict and external conflict. Now, I know right. that's pretty radical, <laughs> you know. but Well, actually, I, I've been I, saying, that, saying that myself, Tanishka, much to the uh, disappointment of some of my friends. You know, they say, how can you possibly see him as a positive force? But you're, you're speaking to it. Right. Look, um, the Native American tradition has what they call the good enemy. And I'll give you an example of how that played out here in Australia. Um, a few years ago, we had a very conservative Prime Minister, John Howard, who refused in Parliament in question time to acknowledge the trauma of generations that Indigenous people that were stolen. So when he refused to say sorry on behalf of the country, the whole country said sorry, and we now have a national sorry day. So Trump is playing a similar role, the role of the good enemy, wherein he um, he's kind of ripping off the scab, showing the shadow of the American um, culture so that America as a collective can say, oh, yes, we need to acknowledge that our power will come our true power, um, so we don't need to exert power over when we acknowledge our shadow. And I mean, if you look at New York, you've got the Statue of Liberty, which is the ancient goddess Ishtar. So, you know, this is, this is pivotal to the American consciousness, that the American consciousness descends down through the seven chakras to own their shadow at the seven gates, so that they truly step into their inner power so they don't feel the need to exert such forceful power over others in order to feel safe. I mean, the, the inauguration day of America, July 4th, is cancer. So the astrological sign of America, the signature is cancer, which is home, community, the motherland. But if it's out of balance, what does it do? It asserts security in order to protect the vulnerability of the homeland so this is about america coming into balance and and the first stage of that is acknowledging the shadow the other yeah. thing i'd like to make point about with ishtar's statue of liberty being your icon is she's the maker of kings you know in the ancient world in mesopotamia no man could rule unless once a year he went to the temple, to, the, to Ishtar's gate, and he asked the blessing of the reigning spiritual leader, the high priestess, and she would then adjudicate whether he was fit to rule. In other words, if he was too immature, too ego-driven, too arrogant, she would not give him the mantle to rule. So we've lost this because we haven't shared power with the feminine. It's only been the ego-driven wounded masculine that has had 
rulership over the dominion of people, we've created this downward spiral. So obviously what's going to get us out of that is the spiritual wisdom teachings and uh, inner power that the feminine offers us. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm on my soapbox now. Feel free to interject and ask me a question. Well, no, I, I think I think that was well said. Uh, I, I really do because, you know, as as people are, you know, getting themselves, you know, really worked up about Trump, um, and rightly so. I mean, he's an embarrassment. I mean, he just further embarrassed the United States in this European. Uh, you know, tour he was on, but but like you said, it's pulling off the scab of the ugly. You know, because I think mm-hmm. I, I think too many people were really too comfortable. Too many people really were in denial or didn't want to look at that shadow under the surface that was causing so much suffering. That causes so much suffering, and now it's front and center. And, um, you know, we have, you know, he's with the Republican Party. They have always been uh, the the callous party who cared nothing about people, only about, you know, corporations. Um, you know, and, and, and they're like... Um, uh, in you know, humanity on steroids, and you know, and that's not to say that the Democrats are are good because after what they did Bernie Sanders, I have a real problem with them too. But I, but it's the right, you know, uh, the the you know uh, the the right wing part of our country uh, that has really you know keeps pushing and pushing and pushing, you know, toward toward austerity, toward fear, toward uh, domination toward exploitation and unfortunately the left you know the democrats have allowed themselves to be pulled right but they're not quite so bad they're the lesser of the two evils you know and they are still two evils but i i think this whole trump thing has really allowed people to um get a taste like they maybe hadn't had for a while and the stuff that needs to be fixed the things that need to be brought into balance I think another way he serves is that, you know, my teenage daughter, uh, who's just turned 14, uh, when he was running, um, these kids were sharing memes of of Trump. I mean, he was literally the the you know the butt of every joke, and and what that means is, even our children are laughing at those that are holding external power and no longer expecting somebody to rescue and save us. They are looking to themselves, and that is our challenge in this Aquarian age, to stand up as sacred and sovereign beings and be fully responsible for ourselves, not operating just out of the lower three chakras, which is zero to seven years, seven to 14, 14 to 21 at most, and expecting somebody externally as an authority figure to parent us. It is obvious that this man cannot parent a nation. So, you know, it's um, it's a flag, it's a catalyst, but I think it's important we don't get polarised between right and left government um, choices again our challenge is to be like the rainmaker to balance duality and polarity within ourselves and if we do that in the microcosm the macrocosm will reflect that 
you know, it's a distraction politics. It's a circus, and it keeps us separate from what's really important, which is doing the work on a, on an inner level and making sure that our choices align with our soul values. Because ultimately, our soul is the feminine, the inner self. And the more we each do that, we play a part in restoring the sacred balance, personally and collectively. Well said. Well, or would you say, uh, you know, what would, what would be some specific practices uh, you'd recommend women uh, can do to support the return of the sacred feminine? Okay, well, I'd like to include men in that as well because you know, we we need everybody to be in on this. And first and foremost, I would say circle. Um, and the reason for that is, um, you know, the configuration of a circle, as you know, it creates a vortex. And so in 2013, I was given a vision of spirals happening all over the planet to literally raise the frequency of our planet from going down into you know entropy spiraling into chaos and destruction and turning the trajectory around and the fastest way that we do that is to gather in circle on a monthly basis for women that's in alignment with the lunar cycle so gathering at new moon the time when women are most at risk of darker thoughts and emotions which therefore you know, can play out as self-destructive behaviours like substance abuse, comfort eating, uh, and even conflict with their, their loved ones. So by coming to circle when we're at our most vulnerable, we have the support, we feel held, and we have a container to safely look at what is surfacing, the shadow, the darkness that's coming up to be healed so we don't unconsciously act it out. For men... Men need to be gathering in circle in alignment with the solar cycle because the masculine is empowered when it aligns with the solar energy. So um, uh, I have online facilitator training courses for men and women to create circles in alignment with the lunar and solar cycles. And the more we learn to align our lifestyle with those natural cycles, the less stress, the less struggle, and the more grace we experience. Okay. Um, now, I, I know you. Uh, you know, you feel like there's certain things that are key uh, to end patriarchy. Um, you know, what would what would you say is number one? Oh, well, I would say that um, for women, it's doing. A lot of subconscious healing work, whether that's hypnotherapy or theta healing, um, but working with the roots of any limiting core beliefs, um, you know, dealing with the inner patriarch rather than externalizing it into an, an outer fight. Uh, and this will also help to heal women unconsciously operating out of their masculine, which disempowers us. In other words, always go, 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 do, 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 and being quite manic. For the men, I feel what's absolutely key is that they uh, practice being seen in their vulnerability because men um, without rites of passage, without monthly men's circles, 
they shut down their heart in order to appear masculine because if they don't have a clear sense given to them of what it is to be masculine, they assume it's the opposite of being feminine. So they disconnect from their soul. And this then plays out as, you know, the global pandemic of pornography with men fantasizing and charging up their personal sexual kundalini by focusing on the oppression of the feminine externally and it's really just because they're trying to prove to themselves that they they're you know powerful because ultimately they feel disempowered you know only somebody that is truly disempowered will fantasize about dominating another living being so i feel that's absolutely key for men and that there's so much shame for men around the porn addiction and it really is a pandemic that um, it, it, we need to acknowledge that it's uh, an illness and it's a sickness that needs to be healed with compassion. Um, and men's circles hold a real key because it gives men a safe place to practice being seen in their vulnerability and to share power. When they pass a talking stick around a circle, it's not he who shouts the loudest, which is that old paradigm of dominating, ego-driven human interaction, but sharing power, being supported equally to be seen and heard. And they get a sense of, uh, you know, feeling what that feels like. And, uh, you know, and, and I think it makes them feel less vulnerable uh, and maybe more willing to try this idea of sharing power uh, rather than uh, having the need to have power over. Absolutely. And, you know, for all the women, particularly in the Western cultures, where, you know, we are so extreme in our masculine, um, you know, mindset of needing to chase the dollar and, and, I mean, right there, I mean, the money symbol, if you look at the money symbol, it is literally the ancient symbol for Shakti, the serpent on the central pillar hijacked to become the money symbol. So when people put money before their soul needs, they are denying their inner feminine. And that's mm. another lesson of Ishtar, the Statue of Liberty. She is the sacred prostitute. And I think, you know, in the West, we prostitute ourselves constantly by putting money before our soul needs and that's a huge personal contribution we can make to healing the collective by really acknowledging what are my soul needs and yes I need to pay you know the rent and and you know be able to keep a roof over my head but not to the complete exclusion of our soul needs. Well, and and that also reminds me of something I've been reading about lately. Uh, I picked up this old book by Eric Fromm, and it was uh, to uh, to have or to be, and uh, you know he talked about. I mean, this goes back to the seventies, you know, and uh, uh, you know, and, and that was before I was thinking about anything like this at all. I mean, I was uh, you know just out of school and uh, not thinking in these terms very much, and. Uh, you know, he he got into this idea that you know we are so in our society we're so geared toward having to have things 
you know, uh, as opposed to learning to be. In fact, he, he wrote another book called The Art of Being. And I think some of the things you're talking about is being rather than having, because this, you know, this constant quest we're on, you know, to have the latest gadget, to have the newest phone, to, um, you know, this chase for for the dollar, you know, as you say, uh, has really sort of stripped our soul of the things that are really meaningful in life. And and I know this is cliche. This isn't, um, you know, this isn't new stuff. But uh, it, but it, I think it's so important to reiterate because so many of us out there are still, I think, that hamster on the wheel, you know, thinking we have to keep up with the Joneses. There's something wrong if we don't have a new car every year or uh, have the biggest house on the block or, um, I don't know, $500 shoes in the closet. You know, they they measured their worth by these uh, things uh, rather than, you know, their quality of life, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the quality of human being that they are. Yeah, I think all of this compulsive behavior is a desperate attempt to fill ourselves up because people feel empty. And the reason they feel empty is that they're not encouraged to go within and explore the infinite abyss of the inner realms that is within our consciousness. That is the realm of the feminine. So growing up, we're not encouraged when we feel inward, when we feel down. We're not encouraged to spiral deep within and explore those realms. We're not encouraged to do that in winter as the sunlight wanes and we naturally go deep within. We're not encouraged to do that once a month when we bleed, when the blood spirals within our belly and takes our consciousness deep within. So we fear the dark growing up in a patriarchal culture. We want to always be focusing externally on what's bright and shiny which is why more people live in the bright lights of the city than in the you know the natural cycles of um, you know experiencing an equal of, of dark and light in the country so you know the only thing that's going to fill that bis that infinite hole within us obviously is not cupcakes and cars and shoes but it is the divine it's it's the universe and that's that's the, the second rebirth, the soul rebirth when we dare to spiral consciously um, to look at our deepest, darkest fears and then have the breakthrough where we realize, oh, you know, there are gifts in the dark and, and that is what, you know, the, the three priestess paths offered people in the ancient world you know and these were practiced not just by women but by men and and symbolized by the triple spiral triskelly which we've seen in australian aboriginal caves we've seen it in you know new grange and ireland i was there a few weeks ago you know all of our ancestors the indigenous people honored that we needed to be in right relationship with the three spiral paths in order to awaken the strength of the maiden, the mother and the crone or the knight, the king and the sage. You know, if we're not encouraged to walk deep within and find ourselves, we'll always be looking outside ourselves 
and in doing that, missing the point completely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, because often I think about these people who uh, they never have enough. Uh, you know, in, in a way, I really do feel sorry for them because they must have a huge gaping hole inside of them, the uh, the size of the Grand Canyon or something that, uh, uh, you know, they have to, you know, just continue to, you know, more, 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 give me, give me, give me, you know. I mean, they just don't know when enough is enough. Yeah, it's like, you know, that book, uh, The Hungry Caterpillar? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't know it. Oh, it's a best-selling book, and it's about this hungry caterpillar that each day eats more and more and more, but it's that binging, gorging shadow that is the ego addiction. And eventually, of course, he becomes a butterfly. So we all have to go into that chrysalis. We all have to go within, even if that means hiding under our duvet, our doona, as we call it here in Australia. I don't know what you call it in America. What do you call that? Ida down, maybe? <laughs> I'm sorry, say again. What what did, what did you call it? Um, you know, like a um a quilt. Like your couch? Uh, hide, yeah, hide under our blankets, so to speak. Oh. You know, we have to burrow in um in order to create that that safe place where we can fall apart, where we can have the breakthrough because we've allowed ourselves to break down. And you know, the feminine in order to break down, which is the soul in all of us, we need to feel held. And there aren't many safe spaces in a patriarchal culture where we feel safe enough to let go, to cry, to um, to dissolve. And, and that's why I'm so passionate about the practice of circle, because that's what it gives people. Right. Well, and, and even even if you just start by... Uh, slowing down a little bit, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're so busy and, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and it's hard to let that go. But, you know, if you can just unplug for a few days and, you know, you start to realize that the creative juices start to flow again, you know, you're, you know, you're, you know, let your mind get creative and, you know, start to think about things that maybe um, you couldn't fathom uh, entertaining before because you know you were you know this uh, you know this hamster on the wheel. I, I mean it's amazing what happens when we just sort of unplug um, and and em- embrace the dark, like you said. You know even if it's um, you know laying in your bed sleeping late for a few days. You know to just give yourself that opportunity to breathe, to think. Um, I, I think it just helps us tap into this, uh, you know, this energy that's that's out there and available to us um, that, you know, we, we just can't, you know, it's so much harder to do, almost impossible to do when we are, uh, you know, just, just uh, focused on constantly doing. Yeah, I mean, look, every time we get a digital notification, we get a shot of cortisol, the stress hormone. So I totally agree that unplugging, um, I unplug over the weekend, um, you know, and if I don't, my nervous system really, you know, pays the price. We have a festival here in Australia called CONFEST, which stands for Conference Festival. It started in 1976 
by the Deputy Prime Minister of the Gough Whitlam era um, and, and his cronies. And it's, um, it's kind of like a Burning Man, I imagine. I haven't been to Burning Man, but it's, it's a utopia. It's clothes optional. People are encouraged to completely let their freak flag fly high. And on one day alone, there was 361 free consciousness-raising workshops. Anyone can run a workshop in anything and what was, I think, so liberating for people was that it's totally in the bush and there's no Wi-Fi. So, you know, everyone is just in their hearts. Nobody's in their head because when we're in nature, we're put back into our soul, into that softness, into, you know, I mean, you think about mm-hmm. it, the greenness of nature reflects the green energy center that's the heart center Whereas when we're constantly plugged into a virtual digital world, it's keeping us in mind. And that's the 10% rational mind which drives the ego to want more. And, um, you know, people can be compulsive to needing to fill themselves with information. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that, that's an addiction. And in doing that, people are just consuming information rather than truly taking the time to integrate and understand on a deep level what they're taking in. Well, true. And, and I mean, you just become oversaturated. It's almost like drowning. And there was a, there was a, a guy uh, who used to be, um, uh, you know, in the tech field, you know, and um, I, I'm, trying to think of the name for it but uh and he quit because you know he realized that and you know while technology of course has its benefits you know if it saves lives or something like this uh that really for instance phones and you know google and facebook and all of that stuff um it's it's really not doing us a service and in fact it's geared almost toward addiction because you want to see you know how many people are liking your tweets or liking your comments on facebook or um i don't know all the different games that they play i i, I really don't indulge that much but the point was he said it's a strategy by by the by the app companies and the phone companies uh it it is literally an addiction you know that is, uh, you know there are um are apps out there where um, you know, every day you have to, you know, get more likes than you got the day before. So, you know, we're constantly um have our faces in these phones and uh you know it's it it's it's not healthy, you know. I, I and I, I I hope the I hope the folks who um, maybe have a tendency to do that will 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 try to pull back a little bit and 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 unplug and realize that that this is an addiction just like you know food or drink or or anything else and this really is not something um, you know we need so much of. You know, we we used to get by without it, and I, I think we had a better quality of life. I think I think it's a tool, technology. So we need to be in right relationship with it, rather than polarizing mm-hmm. and seeing it as good or bad. You know, um, and so you know, for instance, in in the contribution I've made to the anthology that you're creating, I speak about you know the World Wide Web 
as an opportunity to reweave a new paradigm and it's certainly giving a voice to the sacred feminine i mean it's enabling this interview right now so but we must um be uh discerning just like yes. we are with food you know what i mean yeah yeah so yes have a, so in, be in balance uh, you know be be right. in balance with it and i think the way you said it was perfect you know use it as a tool um, and you know, be conscious of the you know of the fact that you know let's not go overboard as we wouldn't want to go overboard with anything. Yeah. So so you um, you have a you have a book coming out this month, correct? Is it still coming out uh, in June? Yeah. Yeah, okay. June six. So in a few days, I actually just um, opened the box. I received my author copies this morning. So. Very excited. It's um it's called Goddess Wisdom, and uh, Hay House asked me to write this last year, and um, it's basically a comprehensive handbook of the ancient feminine wisdom teachings and practices. So I've you know channeled it. It's also based on a lot of um, research as well as my own experiential wisdom from facilitating the last twenty one years. So it's um it it's not just for beginners it's also for those that have been walking the priestess path for decades you know i've written it with everybody in mind but it's um ab- a great resource yeah i'm very proud i'm i'm very happy with this creative child good good and uh if if you've got two dec- de- two decades of experience there there's uh uh, obviously, you know a lot of wisdom uh, and experience that uh, that goes into it. But you know, I, I wonder was uh, there any surprises, um, uh, you know, that revealed themselves uh, as as your baby was taking shape? Yeah. Look, I I think that's what I I get off on. Um, I have Mercury and Scorpio, but. When, whenever I'm, you know, whether it's running a workshop or a book, you know, the the strength of the feminine is is we open ourselves up to be vessels. So what came through were the three priestess paths. Um, as I sort of talked about earlier, the the first path, the maiden, is that descent um, down through the seven chakras to unveil the seven faces of the feminine that govern the chakras. And and that happens as we journey down through autumn and winter uh, over the seven months. And then that process enables women to really know themselves. So then they're ready for the next spiral descent, which is the spiral of the mother, which is the star of Ishtar or the wheel of eight. And that's when we go full circle um, you know, observing the lessons of relationship, whether that's as Demeter and Persephone, you know, mother and child, or whether it's the holy couple. Um, And we're initiated by nature to grow and become mature and a man or a woman for all seasons through those lessons at each one of the the Sabbaths, you know, the equinoxes, solstices and cross-quarter festivals. And then the final um, path is, to develop the wisdom of the the crone or the the sage and it's the 13 moons journey so working with the darkest 
lunar phase every month as we journey around the astrological mandala looking at exploring and owning the shadow of each zodiac sign within ourselves regardless of our personal sun sign so I had taught um, well for you know many many years the the descent of the maiden you know the journey to um, empower the seven chakra goddesses and also the sacred union work you know with the sabbats and I started teaching the 13 moons having run red tents for many years but it was a, a revelation to go, oh, these are the three spiral paths represented by that triple spiral symbol. Um, and, you know, that when we uh, walk these three paths, we become empowered, but also we become mature and wise. And I feel that that's, you know, how we will steward a new way forward by... Um, you know, living these teachings again that our ancestors did in alignment with the natural cycles. Mm, I like that. Well, you know, Tanishka, I wonder if this idea has made its way over to your part of the world yet. Um, you know, Maiden Mother Crone, uh, I think, oh, that was probably a creation of Robert Graves a long time ago. Interesting that it was a man, you know, who was going to, you know, tell women about their three phases of life. But um, but here in the States, um, uh, they have started to integrate a fourth uh, phase in there. And so there's uh, Maiden Mother uh, some call the third one either queen or empress, something like that, uh, and then there's crone. Um, is is that something that's you know uh, you know working its way into the psyche of women there in Australia, um, or is that just the United yeah, States it's thing? It's in the book. Yeah, oh, okay. that's in the book. So that that um, uh, third phase is. Uh, often referred to as the Enchantress or the Magus, and that's akin to last quarter moon or autumn. Um, so, yeah, I, in the book I go through those four uh, phases of the goddess and how the lunar phases bring those up, how the seasons bring them up, and there's also teachings for the rites of passage for those as well. Um, okay. And I've found, you know, doing readings uh, for many years, that women that were going through their 40th really were initiated through that um, that enchantress phase because it's when Uranus is opposite our sun and it really uh, brings up for us the need to face our aloneness um, and to become more autonomous and resilient. It's literally the second maidenhood. Um, and so that's when, you know, as children are growing up and becoming more autonomous, women are finding their own independence again. Um, mm -hmm. Now, the patriarchs use that as cougars, <laughs> which is a put down for how attractive women are in their second maidenhood when they've got their, their mojo, they know who they are. So they're really dynamic and powerful. Interesting. Yeah, and I, and I love that you also have the three spirals for the men. Um, I, I think that's really great, too. I mean, it really speaks to the fact that all of this is not just for women. Um, you know, the sacred feminine is, you know, very much of value and relevant to men as well. 
Yeah, well, they were always included. You know, in Neolithic times, the the masculine was honoured uh, equally. You know, they acknowledged that it takes two. I mean, they, um, you know, honoured the 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 sacrifice of the masculine, not just the seed for fertility, but you know, true husbandry is is a man who supports the cycles to sustain life and we've forgotten that you know yeah. so uh, yeah the ancient goddess teachings are equally for men um, and needed to heal the feminine in men now you uh, you're going to have an online course that's going to be released alongside the book uh, tell us more about that yeah um, I went over to London and filmed that in January and that will be out June 6th on the Hay House online course website um, and in that I elaborate in a lot more detail the themes in the book which are the core uh, beliefs of the ancient goddess tradition as well as the practices. So, okay. um, you know, for those who are more visual learners and like, you know, the connection and the interaction um, there's also, you know, experiential worksheets that people can do. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled that that's coming out with the book. Okay. Well, um, as we get ready to wrap this up here, I want to give you an opportunity to tell folks where they can get your book, uh, if you have any appearances coming up or uh, any other particular thing you think uh, listeners might want to know about. And, you know, leave us with a parting thought. Oh, bless you. Okay, well, um, you can find me at themoonwoman.com and people can subscribe to my free daily lunar guidance um, at that website as well as uh, get more info about the Goddess Wisdom book and the Goddess Wisdom course and all the other courses I teach. But also um, in September, I'll be running my annual Inner Goddess Retreat in Bali, which is an intensive eight-day journey to unveil those seven inner goddesses that govern the chakras. And we've still got places available. Uh, If anyone wants to pre-order the book, if they're listening to this live, uh, there's a few days left um, and you save $5 if you pre-order the book. And you also get a free five-day digital elemental goddess program. So the details are available at themoonwoman.com. And I will be doing a three-city national speaking tour to launch the book here in Australia. So um, in terms of a parting thought, I would just say embrace this downward spiral, whether it's a personal crisis or the global crises which is causing anxiety and overwhelm and trust that it's all part of the process, it's all divine and ultimately the descent journey is what will rebirth us as we return to the womb of the Great Mother as it was once known and then rewritten to become hell um, or the underworld but it was the womb. So go within, go to the womb and rebirth yourself and take the time to feel, to feel your vulnerability, to cry, knowing that those tears will be your baptism and that is how we will rebirth ourselves as soulful, sacred, sovereign beings. 
Mm, very lovely. Soulful, sacred, sovereign beings, the three S's. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much, uh, Tanishka, for being with us uh, tonight and uh, for sharing this uh, this wonderful wisdom. And, uh, you know, I, I hope uh, uh, many of my listeners uh, take this to heart. So good luck with the book, and um, you'll be hearing from me soon about uh, the next steps on Awaken the Feminine because uh, we found a publisher and uh, we'll be moving forward on that. Fantastic because it's so timely and so needed in the world. Thank you for this forum, Karen. Thank you for creating the anthology, and thank you to everybody who tuned in. Okay. Well, good night, and uh, best of luck. Keep in touch. Blessings. Thank you. Ciao. Good night. Well, I enjoyed that conversation, and uh, I'm sure you did too. Uh, Lots of great wisdom there from uh, Tanishka. Uh, Now, before I uh, go on to that prophecy I promised you, uh, there's another woman, a wise woman, that you uh, uh, might like to hear from tonight. Uh, If you're a regular on the show, uh, you uh, probably will recognize her name, uh, Laura Perry. I've interviewed her uh, several times. Um, I really admire her because she is uh, doing... um, a very difficult thing. Um, uh, she, with some of her group, they are actually um, reconstruction, reconstructing the ancient Minoan um, religion, if you will, practices, and making them relevant uh, in a modern context. Uh, so uh, just a quick word from Laura Perry. The Minoans of ancient Crete, an egalitarian society where women were honored where the sacred feminine was revered, where peace and prosperity reigned for centuries. Hi, I'm Laura Perry, and I'd love to help bring the ancient Minoans to life for you. Explore Minoan spirituality with my books, Labrys and Horns and Ariadne's Thread. Embrace your creative side with the Minoan Coloring Book and discover the wonders of divination with the Minoan Tarot. You'll find all these at Amazon and other good online and local bookstores. Find out more on my website, lauraperryauthor.com. Down with patriarchy. May patriarchy fall. (laughs) Well, that was something, um, a group that I belong to, uh, we would say, uh, at the close of every major ritual. And as I look back, um, I, I realized that we didn't really think a whole lot about uh, what we wanted to replace it with and how we were going to get there. You know, of course, we knew that, um, you know, women weren't getting equal pay and, uh, you know, they were under the thumb of men who wanted to control their reproductive rights and we wanted to fix all that uh, and, you know, bring some balance and equality into the world. Of course, we knew we wanted to do that, but there's so many other areas that patriarchy has infiltrated uh, over hundreds and thousands of years. There's so many things that we really need to just rethink 
um, and rework and, um, you know, and to, and to bring into balance. And I'm a firm believer, uh, I guess the logical Virgo in me. Uh, I believe we must vision it uh, before we can manifest it. That just seems logical to me. And that we have lots of wise voices that have ideas to help sort of uh, blaze a trail. You know, because this, you know, we are in uncharted territory to uh, a certain extent. You know, our, uh, you know, our old priestesses of ancient times. You know, they they lived in another era, and it's not like they left us a handbook. Uh, and likewise, our our like-minded brothers. You know, they didn't leave us a handbook. So, uh, we are, you know, blazing that trail. Uh, sometimes I like to say with our pink-handled machete. Uh, if you kind of get that visual, you know, getting, uh, you know, maybe um, scratched up as you go through the heavy undergrowth um, and uh, or overgrowth, whatever, uh, however you want to say it. Um, and, um, and along those lines, uh, I believe that the anthologies that I have been putting together, um, you know, they're, they're like a series. Um, and uh, I have started calling them the Manifesting a New Normal Anthology Series. And right now, uh, uh, Volumes 1 and 2 are available. And if you're familiar with my work, uh, you know those titles. Uh, the first one was Voices of the Sacred Feminine, Conversations to Reshape Our World. That was the first anthology that I put together, which is a compilation of people who have been here on this radio show uh, talking about the values of the sacred feminine. And uh, even along the lines of subjects that you might not think would be associated with the sacred feminine or liberation theology. And then uh, there was Goddess 2.0, Advancing a New Path Forward, which uh, just came out in December of uh, 2016. And, um, you know, that's another set of ideas and wisdom to uh, help us manifest this new normal, to uh, help us know uh, perhaps what we want to replace patriarchy with and uh, how to get there. And if you're interested in uh, this two-volume set, uh, I actually have a special right now. You can buy both books, uh, I think, cheaper from me than you actually can uh, on Amazon. And, of course, I will sign the copies to you. Uh, and I also include some free gifts. Uh, so for $34, you can get both Goddess 2.0, Advancing a New Path Forward, and Voices of the Sacred Feminine, Conversations to Reshape Our World. Now, this applies if you live in the United States. I can't uh, make this offer uh, to those of you outside the U.S. Uh, because postage is just too expensive. Uh, but you could find these books on uh, online booksellers, um, and uh, I can send you an autographed uh, sticker uh, in the mail, uh, autographed to you individually, if you would uh, like that uh, for your book. Because some of you have asked me for that. Uh, but if you uh, are here in the U.S., um, you know, for $34, uh, that includes shipping and some free gifts. You can get both Goddess 2.0, Advancing a New Path Forward, and Voices of the Sacred Feminine, Conversations uh, to Reshape the World. Because, you know, this is serious business. Um, you know, uh, creating a new world. Lots to think about. And, um, you know, lots of uh, areas that uh, need to be rethought. 
So if you're interested, please uh, let me know. Or go to my website, karentate.com, and um, uh, I also have some book bundles there you can take advantage of. And when you buy your books directly from me rather than going to Amazon, it does – you know, help me sustain uh, the work I do out here in the community. So for that $34 um, special uh, with the free gifts and the free shipping, uh, you would uh, go to paypal.me backslash Karen Tate. I'll repeat that. Go to paypal.me, M-E, backslash Karen Tate. Uh, and for $34, uh, you can get those two books. Or like I said, go to KarenTate.com, go to the Goddess Store page, and check out the book bundles uh, that are there. Okay, well, I promised uh, to share with you uh, a prophecy that I wrote uh, not too long ago. It was part of uh, the evening's activities uh, for Goddess 2.0 book launch party. And it's become rather popular uh, with folks who who, uh, have heard it. Uh, and it gets shared around and uh, that sort of thing. And uh, I thought uh, it was about time I shared it with my listeners because I don't think I have. Uh, I know I intended to, but uh, I don't remember actually doing so. So anyway, if you want to just, uh, uh, if you're if you're busy doing something, you know, maybe just, uh, uh, you know, get comfortable, uh, You know, grab a glass of tea or a glass of wine and uh, just kind of take a deep breath. You know, maybe you even, if you have a candle handy, you know, don't make yourself crazy. But if uh, you're sitting near your altar or you have a candle handy, uh, maybe light the candle. You know, watch the flame as uh, you listen to my voice. And this, uh, as as I said, you know, I'm... um, kind of giving you a little bit of time to get yourself together here uh, before I start. Um, And as I said, this was a prophecy that closed the evening's activities uh, when we did the Goddess 2.0 book launch party. And here we go. Take a few breaths to ground yourself. Get comfortable. Close your eyes or watch the flame. Hmm. And just sort of ready yourself to focus on my voice. Once upon a time in the not-too-distant future, you awoke from a long, long dream. As you stretched and wiped the sleep from your eyes, you noticed you felt strangely at peace, satisfied, content. Then it all started to come back to you. You, along with all the other Pied Pipers out there, you who were once one of the light bringers for the sacred feminine carrying her torch, you were finally replacing, you were finally reaping the rewards for your years of teaching, sharing, and caring. Finally, the world had awakened and matured. Majorities understand the benefits of partnership and collaboration for the common good. Gone are the days of suffering, exploitation, and austerity. Gone are the days of the disconnect between what we held as sacred and the values of our culture. As you lay there or sit there, 
hearing outside your window, perhaps the birds are chirping and children are playing, you reflect on how all children, no matter their skin color, are valued as our future. Women are once again held in high esteem and considered jewels in our crown and our sacred life givers. A new and respected profession for women is being a priestess of goddess out in our communities. Imagine that. Men have slipped into their evolving roles of protectors, lovers, and nurturers and no longer feel the pressures of patriarchy to be the toughest and wield power over others. They can be their authentic selves, as can women. We can all be exactly who we were meant to be. No more of those stifling little boxes imposed upon us by archaic rules created by man-made dogma. Goddess has liberated us, helped us see the value in ourselves. Many more of us are now empowered in the knowledge we are part of her, the great she. We truly believe that we are all sacred and are each a divine spark, a leaf of her tree of life. We are an interdependent, interconnected web, and across the world, all of humanity was living what Lady Lorian used to call katma, C-A-T-M-A, instead of dogma, or the importance of the we and the us instead of the I and the me, that is the dogma. Money and credit are now obsolete. Greed is seen as an emotional disorder to be cured, and anyone still tempted to practice taking more than they need is quickly treated to the love and compassion that they so desperately need to rid themselves of this dis-ease. Everyone now has all that they need, Everyone can pursue the education and jobs they desire. In fact, after graduating college, everyone is encouraged to travel to other countries, getting to know other cultures. Service to others is the rule we live by. We have supportive communities where health care is a right of everyone. Women no longer retire in poverty, and children no longer go to bed hungry. All people have clean water to drink. The elderly can live out their lives in dignity and respect as their experience and wisdom is valued by their communities. There is no corporate media anymore. Real investigative journalism has returned and informs the people of the job their elected officials are doing, and they are the watchdogs keeping tabs on multinational corporations. Bosses no longer are paid 300 to 500 times more than their workers, and companies pay their taxes. Faith in elections and democracy has been restored. Governments serve the people now. Corruption or exploiting humanity or the earth is not tolerated under any circumstances and is now punishable by life in prison, where the incarcerated are rehabilitated and trained to be in service to humanity. Corporations are no longer enabled to poison the earth and genetically modified foods must be labeled. Millions are now vegans and animal suffering in factory farms are no longer allowed. We're using our science and technology to safely remedy climate change and feed the many people on the planet. Water and energy are seen as gifts of goddess and are given freely to all humans on the planet. 
No longer are we at the mercy of corporations dominating the earth and selling the mother's resources for their profit. We now speak to our children of our quality of life, our dreams, and our futures with certainty. We are no longer living in fear. No longer are we polarized by sexism, racism, homophobia, or any of the ideas that once divided us. We all now recognize that strategy to divide and then conquer us and stealing our power. You can remember when all of this was a pipe dream, when you were told humanity is violent and and has always been, when you were told we were lousy takers because we wanted our tax dollars going to a better quality of life for us all. Well, most people finally started paying attention to those Scandinavian countries that were doing things right. The military-industrial complex has been put out of business, and companies can no longer frack. In fact, energy companies must now invest only in clean and green energy. The oceans are healing, and people now understand the importance of living close to nature so they can feel healthy and empowered. Pretty soon, they tell us cancer will be a disease of the past, and they're going to have those transporters online so we can actually beam from one end of the planet to another. Yes, all the marches, all the activism, everything done was worth it. Goddess temples are now in every community, and no longer is religion used to oppress and control people's lives. The patriarchal religions are dwindling and are quickly becoming a thing of the past. Few people want to be associated with these ideas that harmed so many for so long. Our myths are now stories that empower us all and encourage us to be the best and most authentic we can be. Well, I guess you'd better start to think about getting up and off the sofa and stop reflecting on the past. Because today is an important day. It's a holiday, actually. One of many new ones on the calendar. Besides honoring holidays on the wheel of the year, communities now honor the divine feminine in processions in the street as in ancient times. We also have holidays honoring many of our foremothers, like Rianne Eisler, who showed us what's good for women is good for the world. And another favorite holiday of the people is the one when we remember how Bernie Sanders awakened the sleeping masses. People still tell his story of how with one tweet, he could fill stadiums on a day's notice. He sure awoke the masses. Everyone became activated, and that changed everything. Yes, the world has changed. People came together. Now we just have to hold on to the progress we've made. We mustn't get complacent. You must be ever vigilant. But you've learned if people of all stripes stick together, if people won't let any propaganda divide them, there is nothing solidarity cannot accomplish. As we will it, so shall it be. As we will it, so shall it be. As we will it, so shall it be. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, if you'd like a copy for yourself, uh, please pop me an email at karentate108 at 
K-A-R-E-N-T-A-T-E-O-R-R.com. That's Karen Tate, 108 at C-A-R-R.com. Now, uh, I will go about uh, closing the show uh, the same way I opened it. Uh, I want to go back to uh, that chant by uh, the Reclaiming folks uh, from their uh, CD, uh, the Reclaiming uh, Campfire Chants. And uh, uh, the one that uh, you heard a little snippet of at the top of the show was called The Welcome Flame. And I will play that for you in its entirety. So good night, dear listeners. Uh, thank you for your listener loyalty. Uh, I love to hear from you, so please, uh, please do keep in touch. And um, if there's any way I can help you or uh, any show ideas you have or any comments about the show, uh, I hope you will, uh, you will reach out. Okay, then. Here we go with the welcome flame. <laughs> 